Chapter Ten of the House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard by Joseph Sheraton Lafano. Chapter Ten. The Dead Secret, showing how the fireworker proved to Puttock that Nutter had spied out the nakedness of the land when puttick having taken a short turn or two in the air by way of tranquillizing his mind mounted his lodging stairs he found lieutenant o'flaherty not at all more sober than he had last seen him in the front drawing-room which apartment was richly perfumed with powerful exultations of rum punch drink this puttick drink it said o'flaherty filling a large glass in equal quantities with rum and water drink it my sincere friend it will study you it will upon my honour puttock but uh, thank you sir i am anxious to understand exactly said puttock here he was interrupted by a frightful grin and a ha from o'flaherty who darted to the door and seizing his little withered french servant who was entering swung him about the room by his coat-collar so sir you've been prating again have you you deceitful idle old drunken miscreant you did it on purpose you blunderin' old hyena it's the third jewel you got your master into and if i lose my life divil a penny of your wages you'll ever get that's one comfort yes sir this is the third time you've caused me to brew my hands in human blood i don't know if it's malice or only blundering oh he cried with a still fiercer shake it's i that wishes i could be sure twas malice i'd skiver you heels and elbows on my sword and roast you alive on that fire is not it a hard thing my darling puttick i can't find out he was still holding the little valet by the collar and stretching out his right hand to puttock but i am always the sport of misfortunes small and great if there was an old woman to be handed in to supper or a man to be murdered by mistake or an ugly girl to be danced with whose turn was it ever and always to do the business but poor hyacinth o'flaherty's tears i could tell you puttick he continued forgetting his wrath and letting his prisoner go in his eager pathos the frenchman made his escape in a twinkling i was the only man in our regiment that took the measles in cork when it was going among the children bad luck to them i that was near dying of it when i was an infant and i was the only officer in the regiment when we were at athlone that was prevented going to the race-ball and i would not for a hundred pounds i was to dance the first minuet and the first country dance with that beautiful creature miss rose cox i was making a glass of brandy punch not feeling quite myself and i dressed in all in our room when ensign higgins a most thoughtless young man said something disrespectful about a beautiful mole 
she had on her chin bedad sir he called it a wart if you plays and feelin it strongly i let the jug of scaldin water drop on my knees i wish you felt it my darlin puddock i was scalded in half a crack from a foot above my knees down to the last joint of my two big toes and i really thought my senses were leavin me i lost the ball by it oh ho where's through for hyacinth of flowerty and thereupon he wept you see lieutenant o'flaherty lisped puddick growing impatient we can't say how soon mr nutter's friend may apply for an interview and uh, i must confess i don't quite understand the point of difference between you and him and therefore ah where the devil's that blackguard little french ways all gone to exclaimed o'flaherty for the first time perceiving that his captive had escaped kokang madate do you hear me kokang madate he shouted but really sir you must be so good as to place before me before me sir clearly the the cause of this unhappy dispute the exact offence for otherwise cause to be sure and plenty of cause i never fought a duel yet puddick my friend and this will be the ninth without cause they said i'm tolt in cork i was quarrelsome they lied i'm not quarrelsome i only want pace and quiet and justice i hate a quarrelsome man i tell you puddick if i only knew where to find a quarrelsome man be the powers i'd go fifty miles out of my way to pull him by the nose they lied puddick my dear boy and i'd give twenty pounds this minute i had them on this floor to tell them how damnably they lied no doubt sir said puddick but if you please i really must have a distinct answer to my get out of that sir thundered o'flaherty with an awful stamp on the floor as the coquin mudded o'flaherty's only bit of french such as it was and obedience to that form of invocation appeared nervously at the threshold or i'll fling the contents of this room at your head exit monsieur again Veganis. if i thought it was he that done it i jerk his old bones through the top of the window will i call him back and give him his desarts will i puddick oh home my darling puddick everything turns agin me what'll i do puddick jewel or what's to become of me and he shed some more tears and drank off the greater part of the beverage which he had prepared for puddick i believe sir that this is the sixth time i ventured to ask a distinct statement from your lips of the cause of your disagreement with mr nutter which i plainly tell you there i don't at pretence understand said puddock loftily and firmly enough to be sure my darlin puddock replied o'flaherty 
it was that cursed little french whippersnapper with his money-fied interruptions be the powers puttick if you knew half the mischief that same little baste has got me into you would not wonder if i'd murdered him it was he was the cause of my duel with my cousin art considine and i wantin to be the very pink of politeness to him i wrote him a note when he came to athlone after two years in france and just out a compliment to him i unluckily put in a word of french come and dine says i and we'll have a dish of chat i knew u n p l a t was a dish and says i to jerome that pigamy so he pronounced it you see here at the door that's his damnable name what's chat in french c h a t spelling it to him shaw says he shaw says i spell it if you please says i c h a t says he the stupid old viper well i took the trouble to write it out un plat de chat is that right says i showing it to him it is my lord says he looking at me as if i had two heads i never knew the meaning of it for more than a month after i shot poor art through the two calves and he that fought two duels before all about cats one of them was a scotch gentleman that he gave the lie to for saying that french cooks had a way of stewing cats you could never tell them from hares and the other immediately after with lieutenant rouge of the royal navy that got one stewed for fun and after my cousin art dined off it like a man showed him the tail and the claws it's well he did not die of it and no wonder he resented my invitation though upon my honour as a soldier and a gentleman may i be stewed alive myself in a pot puttick my dear if i had the least notion of offering him the smallest affront i begin to despair sir exclaimed puttick of receiving the information without which tis vain for me to try to be useful to you once more may i entreat to know what is the affront of which you complain you don't know really and truly now you don't know said o'flaherty fixing a solemn tipsy leer on him i tell you no sir rejoined puttick and do you mean to tell me you did not hear that vulgar dog nutter's unmanly jokes jokes repeated puttick in large perplexity why i have been here in this town for more than five years and i never heard in all that time that nutter once made a joke and upon my life i don't think he could make a joke sir if he tried i don't indeed lieutenant o'flaherty upon my honour and rat it sir how can i help it cried o'flaherty relapsing into pathos help what demanded puttick o'flaherty took him by the hand 
and gazing on his face with a maudlin lacklustre tenderness said absalom was caught by the hair of his head he was puttock long hair or short hair or uh, uh, no hair at all isn't it nature's doing i ask you my darlin puttock isn't it he was shedding tears again very fast there was cicero julius caesar were both as bald as that and he thrust a shining sugar basin bottom upward into puttock's face i'm not bald i tell you i'm not no my poor puttock i'm not war hyacinth o'flaherty is not bald shaking puttock by both hands that's very plain sir but i don't see your drift he replied i want to tell you puttock dear if you'll only have a minute's patience the door can't fasten diffle bother it come into the next room and toppling a little in his walk he led him solemnly into his bedroom the door of which he locked somewhat to puttock's disquietude who began to think him insane here having informed puttock that nutter was driving at the one point the whole evening as any one that knew the secret would have seen and having solemnly imposed the seal of secrecy upon his second and essayed a wild and broken discourse upon the difference between total baldness and partial loss of hair he disclosed to him the grand mystery of his existence by lifting from the summit of his head a circular piece of wig which in those days they called i believe a topping leaving a bare shining disc exposed about the size of a large pat of butter upon my life thir ith a very fine piece of work says puttock who viewed the wiglet with the eye of a stage property man and held it by a top lock near the candle the very finest piece of work of the kind i ever saw this certainly french oh yes we can't do such things here by jove sir what a wig that man could make for cato and he must be a main crater i say a main crater pursued o'flaherty for there was not a soul in the town but jerome the treacherous ape that knew it it's he that dresses my head every morning behind the bed curtain there with the door locked and nutter could never find it out who was to tell him unless that odious french daemon that's never done talking about it and o'flaherty strode heavily up and down the room with his hands in his breeches pockets muttering savage invectives pitching his head from side to side and whisking round at the turns in a way to show how strongly he was wrought upon come in sir thundered o'flaherty unlocking the door in reply to a knock and expecting to see his odious french daemon but it was a tall fattish stranger rather flashily dressed but a little soiled with a black wig and a rollicking red face showing a good deal of chin and jaw o'flaherty made his grandest bow quite forgetting the exposure at the top of his head and puttock stood rather shocked with the candle in one hand and o'flaherty's scalp in the other you come sir i presume from mr nutter 
said o'flaherty with lofty courtesy this sir is my friend lieutenant puttock of the royal irish artillery who does me the honour to support me with his advice and as he moved his hand towards puttock he saw his scalp dangling between that gentleman's finger and thumb and became suddenly mute he clapped his hand upon his bare skull and made an agitated pluck at that article but missed and disappeared with an imprecation in irish behind the bed curtains if you will be so obliging sir as to precede me into that room lisped puttock with grave dignity and waving o'flaherty's scalp slightly towards the door for puttock never stopped to hide anything and being a gentleman pure and simple was not ashamed or afraid to avow his deeds words and situations i shall do myself the honour to follow gimme that was heard in a vehement whisper from behind the curtains puttock understood it and restored the treasure the secret conference in the drawing-room was not tedious nor indeed very secret for any one acquainted with the diplomatic slang in which such affairs were conducted might have learned in the lobby or indeed in the hall so mighty was the voice of the stranger that there was no chance of any settlement without a meeting which was fixed to take place at twelve o'clock next day on the fifteen acres End of chapter ten recording by john brandon